You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living. Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans. Number one, one, of course, y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk. Dive up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the fish tank right here on the Miami Don't Dolphins you. Podcast Network. Yeah, Seth Levitt, DJ Preach is hiding somewhere back there. <laughs> making sure everything is straight. And my main man, OJ Juice McDuffie. Juice, how we feeling today? Man, I'm feeling great, Big Seth, man. How about yourself? You know, I'm you know, good. I was waiting for you to... Yep. I knew it. <laughs> I knew exactly we'll where you're going. <laughs> get the guy on your side of the ball and we're good to go. Most important thing ever, man. You know, you can't win if you can't score touchdowns, Big Seth. And that's what we did on that side of the ball, baby. Well, we know Stanley Pritchett could score touchdowns or help somebody else score touchdowns. Pritch, how you feeling, man? Man, I'm, I'm feeling good, man. Glad to be on the show. Glad to see you guys. It's been, been a while. Too long. Well, we tried to get this done before, <laughs> and, you know, we had a little technical difficulties. We'll call it technical difficulties, some schedule complications, and yeah. you just had that look of a head coach yeah. that was pissed <laughs> off because, you know, I already carved out some damn time for this, and now these fucking guys, don't, they're not ready, you know. And so he, so Juice, he was really nice when I texted, hey, Pritch, what do you think about Tuesday? He said, we can do it, Seth, but my season has started. So we right, gotta, right, right, I, I, I could right. Just, through the text, I already knew the tone. <laughs> so we appreciate you making it happen for us. Yeah, it looked like he was looking at a play or something when we got him off. He didn't look too happy when we saw him off camera, you know what I mean? I'm looking at my text messages, man. My phone been in the office all day, so I was just trying to check my okay, text cool. real quick. Cool. No doubt about it. Let's get at it, Big Seth. What do you think, man? Let's do it. Yeah, my man Stanley Pritchett, man. Welcome to the tank, bro. Yeah, I know this too, Big Seth. I know you can't wait to talk about your rookie year and and his rookie year. That's right. Know? We had this. We came in together. Yeah, he he just loves the class of '96, Pritchett, man. It's, it's unbelievable, man. And we got time for all that. But I, what I want to do is give the listeners an opportunity to learn a little bit about you, your background. You're an Atlanta kid, born and raised. Standout career at Frederick Douglass High School. I think you're a head coach there yeah, now, head right? Coach now. Head man there back home. I love that, man. Full circle. I love that, man. Trying to watch some damn game film, and we're wasting his time. <laughs> <laughs> and we know the education is very important to you, man. As your, your dad, you know, Dr. Stanley Pritchard would actually be the, you know, service president at Morris Brown. So tell us how Georgia and Georgia Tech let an Atlanta-born kid go to South Carolina. Well, Georgia Tech, I didn't. I wasn't really smart enough for Georgia Tech. Come but, on, um, Prince. <laughs> <laughs> we just gave you all that props for education, man. What's going on no, here, No, but buddy? for real, though, Georgia wanted me to play fullback. And funny story, coming out of high school, I played tight end. And I always, mm. wanted, to, I always wanted to catch the ball. You know, Georgia was like, oh, you're going to be the next great fullback. And I, I, I was like, man, I, I never played fullback. I don't know about that. <laughs> but as soon as I got to South Carolina, and I, I, the first scrimmage we had, they threw a pass to me, and I ran over like three people. They moved me to full. Should have went to Georgia, man. What, what, what is going on? But um, he ended up working out for me. Ended up having a, a great career at the University of South Carolina. Ended up getting drafted by the Dolphins, so it, it worked out very, very well. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you what, Seth. They do, do they do that a lot in college, man. I've the heard this switch, man. They bring you in there. Yeah. They tell you what you're gonna be playing. Then when you get there, they let you do it for a week, and oh, then yeah. they switch oh, you yeah. what they really want you there for. Yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, JT tells a great story of how. Part, well, he didn't get recruited by a whole lot of schools, but Akron said he could play football and basketball. And then he got there, and they're like, hey, you ain't playing no basketball. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who the hell told you that? Right. You did. Right. You told me that. So he had to wait till that coach got fired, and another coach came in where he could go play yeah, one year of basketball. I did, too. I did that, so too. I, baseball was a major part of my decision to go to Penn State. So, But Joe lived up to his promise, so he's not like the Akron coach. 
That's why he wasn't an Akron. <laughs> yeah. Pritch, you were, you were a Kappa yeah. in South Carolina? I'm a Kappa, yes, yes. I'm having trouble putting that together. Okay, okay. Man, pretty boy. I never took yeah. – Pritch yeah. to me was kind of a rough, tumble, tough guy. I never – you know, I can't see you walking around with a cane, man. Right. I never really walked around with a cane, but I just – you know, my dad was a Kappa. Uh, his, all his brothers were Kappas. Now all my brothers are Kappas, so it's kind of like a family legacy. You know, um, Had to get in the brotherhood there. I love it. I can never pledge, man, because I was, for one, I didn't think we had enough time to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? How, how'd you manage that playing football? Because I know it's a time man. commitment, pledging Kappa. It had to take, I mean, sleep is important yeah. when you're trying to do football, but then you're doing that as yeah. well. And I know hard, that is man. a grind. I don't even want to think about the stories and things that we had to do. Um, the weekends we had taken away, um, it, was, it was hard. Probably don't want to yeah, talk I, about I don't it. I yeah. want to talk about it, but it was hard. But, it, you know, it was you meet a lot of new people, a lot of brothers. You come into contact with a lot of new people, you know, become your brothers um, when you're online. So um, it was a good experience. And um, like I say, it, it was hard, though, playing football. And now, I can't imagine a big brother looking up to you and saying, you know, you, some little dude that, you know, I'm not going to talk about anything they did, but you probably heard some really nice language and had to do some really fun things from a guy that's probably half your size. Oh, yeah. I, I almost quit a couple of times because I, I couldn't take that talking, <laughs> you know, people talking crazy to you. But, um yeah. <laughs> that's that's what they do. And again, they're kind of the pretty boys. I just can't see some guy coming in here and he's getting his nails done or whatever, and then he's trying to tell Stanley Pritchett what he's supposed to do. I, I, I just have a hard time putting all that together. Well, the South Carolina they had a lot of athletes that were capital, so it was, okay. it was a lot of athletes, so it wasn't really a lot of pretty boys. But um, Right. Yeah. <laughs> what you mean? Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Athletes aren't pretty boys. Well, you were a juice. You were a juice. You Not know. fullbacks. You too. You, you too, dog. <laughs> Not fullbacks. Oh, no, too funny. I was, I was, the, I was the grunt. I, 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 like LT always said, I came in at six two and I left at five eleven. So uh. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, too funny. Well, Juice is right. 1996, that's like my golden era, right? You know, that was a special time in my life. And yeah, it's just a great class of guys, Juice, and not just because it was my first year. But think about it. So in addition to Pritch, he wasn't the only back that came in that yeah. year. Of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Right? Jairus McPhail. Yeah. And number one pick, one of Juice's uh, favorites, is, is Shorty. You know, we had, we had Daryl Gardner as the number one pick. Yeah. Uh, uh, Shane Burton, one of my all-time favorites. Woody. Yeah. And then this little, tiny, stumpy linebacker long shot from Texas Tech by the Zach. name of Zach Thomas. So an incredible class. Damn. And then you had – right, yeah, unbelievable. And that doesn't even count the free that, that whole class made the team. Yeah, the whole class well, made the team. And made a team and made an impact, Juice, but yeah, yeah we're not yeah. even talking about the rookie free agents. Izzo, yeah. Anthony Harris. I mean, yeah. it was an yeah. unbelievable group. But that's from my perspective. I want to hear from you, Pritch. Like, what was it like for you to be a part of Jimmy Johnson's first draft class? He obviously wanted to make his mark on the team. As Juice said, all of you guys made the team. Well, most of you guys. There were a couple defensive yeah. backs, yeah. including a second rounder that didn't last year very long. But uh, – it was not a comfortable time for Shula guys, as Juice will be the first to tell you. We just, you know, we just spoke to Terry Kirby, another guy who wasn't even here very long, who would tell you it was not a comfortable time yeah. for Shula guys. Uh, but, but what was that like for you to come in as a rookie? Probably see some guys that you watched play growing up. All of a sudden, they're getting shipped out left and right. What was that experience like? Well, it, it was tough. It, it taught you that you know the NFL is strictly a business. Um, you know, we came in, we didn't really know what to expect, but when you got there, you know, a lot of guys would, would be there one day and be gone the next. A lot of guys that, like you say, that growing up, we looked up, seeing them on the, you know, in the NFL playing. 
and then they were gone. So it was, it was it's kind of tough because you, you're like, man, this could be me one day. And, um, you know, we just tried to play hard, you know, and do the best we could. And um, because Jimmy was hard, you know, he, I remember putting on pads every day, man. It was, it was tough. That first training camp was very tough, man. And, um, I don't know how we survived it, man. I think we took a couple of years out of our life going through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what everybody says. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that first training camp, man. That first training camp for everybody, yes. especially you guys, and those pads went on. Doesn't seem like they came off at mm-hmm. all, man. I remember, but see, one thing about it, I'm a wide receiver. I saw you guys in there doing that middle drill. I wasn't a part of that damn middle <laughs> drill. The hell with that, man. You know what I mean? And you guys did that early and often during, you know, during training camp. We did camp. middle drill early and often, and, you know, we had Kippy Brown as the running back coach, and he was on his hard. It, it was hard, man. I don't know how we survived it, but I guess, you know, being young, you can you can do it, you know, you can do a lot of things that you're not comfortable with. So Well, I mean, you know that's what they want to do. They really want to get the ball out of Danny's hands oh, yeah. and really see how tough we were at the middle, yes. man. And and you talking about your height change, you know, that was that middle drill and everything else is definitely yes. part of that. You know, and these guys today, man, the training camp is a breeze. Only thing that they complain about, and I'm sure you could too, is the weather. Oh yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? It's too hot. It's hot as hell hot, down man, here, yes. man. But How'd you handle that part of it? Well, I guess you kind of just get used to it, man, because I'm, you know, from Georgia, it's kind of always been hot. But then, you know, at least in Miami, you had a little breeze from the, from the you know, from the ocean. So uh, <laughs> it, it was hot, but you, you know, you get a breeze, and then you know, we were praying for rain, but that right. rain, we, we won't be able to practice. I know now they got an uh, indoor facility, so yeah. Back then, you had rain and you, you couldn't practice, so that was that was a good thing. It's kind of amazing they didn't have one until 2005. Yes, yes. Right. So, but they, as soon as they did, boy, they made sure to go in there. <laughs> Air conditioned the whole nine. All the time. Oh, yeah. They, they used it a lot. Man. They did. They bubbled up. Yeah, they, they, they definitely up. did. You know, I, I mean, and look, you're a coach. You don't want to miss those practices because oh, in yeah. Miami, we go in there. I, I just remember it. Everybody would have to go inside. Coach would not cancel practice, regardless of who the coach was. You guys would be laying around in there in your gear. Guys are using the rollers and stretching and trying to stay, you know, because if that rain stops, as it does here in South Florida, you guys are having to go all the way back out. So they're going to do everything they can not to call practice. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you run into that. I mean, well – you guys don't have an indoor facility, do you? You're, you're in high school. We, we definitely <laughs> never know, we definitely right? Don't have an indoor facility. No. We, we, we got to go in the gym when it rains. So in the gym, go to go in the becomes gym. a walkthrough, right? Becomes a walkthrough, yes. So, as a high school coach, Pritch, you know, you think back to those days. How much of what you experienced early on in your career do you pull from any of that, or do you pull from it and say, "I'll never do this to to a player that's on my squad"? Uh some stuff you use, some stuff you don't use. Um. Well, Jimmy, we used to practice on Fridays and, and shoulder pay. I was like, man, this is that was tough, man. I, you know, but I, I wouldn't do my kids like that in high school. You know, we we, we try to you know take off from the pads now, um, and not you know you can't really you know grind them into the ground how, we, how they used to do us in the, in the past. So, um, but you know, still as a high school told you, coach, you want to you know you know work on the details, you know, the fundamentals of football, and you want you to make sure you teach it how the kids prepare to play. Well, Pritch, are you not coaching that way because of the way you were coached? Or are you not coaching that way because of the way kids are today? Because I've seen a change in the kids as well now. It's an interesting I, question. I think it's the kids today. They, they're not used to the, the, the tough workers that we that we had to go through. I, I think if you did coach that way, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have that many kids. Um, so right. you got to kind of, you know, cater to your clientele. You got to, you know, you got to get the guys to, to buy into what you, you know, what you're preaching. And um and they're you know they like I say they're they're a little softer nowadays <laughs> like I said um training camp is not not as hard but you still can get them you know still can get them and teach them you know the fundamentals of football. 
Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Coach McDaniel, right, Seth? It seemed like he's turned into a guy that knows the current kids a little better than some of the older coaches. You know, the Jimmys, the, even the Shulas, the Paternos, those guys that do a lot of yelling. It's like a new type of coaching that's going yeah. on. And, you know, I think you've you've adopted that, too, because yeah. of the new style of kid, I think, that's out there. And now that new style of kid is coming up through the pro ranks. And I think this coach might, you know, have an idea how he wants to handle it. We'll see how it works out. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. It's, it's interesting when you say – when you talk about – wearing pads on Fridays. I remember, I forget what year it is. I'm sure both you guys were here at that point in time, but I know some of the vets were kind of leaning on Jimmy late in the season. And they're like, coach, look, you can't just beat the shit out of us all week and then expect us to be fresh on Sundays, especially at this time of the year. And he did one of these practices where I think we just did helmets and shells or something. I say we, like, I, you know, I was standing on the sideline with Harvey. I was bitching because Harvey made me wear long pants. But, uh, you know, when you guys, it was like helmets and shells or was it hat day or it was one of those things. And we got the crap not kicked out of us. And I remember Jimmy coming in here and saying, look, I know Bill Walsh made it work over there, but I can't win that way. I'm not saying it doesn't work for everybody, but I can't coach that way. And that was it. You guys had one shot. And then, you know, and, and he – he blamed it yeah. on that. Do you remember that? I remember breaking my hand on a Friday because we were going through goal line. We did goal line on Fridays. When I was this? The first game. We played, I think we played New oh, England man. the first game. Your rookie year? Was, rookie year, yes. And you broke and, uh, your hand on a Friday. I broke my hand on a Friday and I, I said, man, I can't miss, miss a game. So I, I put a, we put a pad oh, on man. it. Wow. Well, we're going to, wow. We're going to get into that game because, yeah. well, for a lot of reasons, we're going to get into that game. But I had no, I, I didn't know that or remember that at that time. I'm sure it didn't make the injury <laughs> report. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't say that. So, yeah, but there was another subplot here, Pritch. And especially you came in as a fullback. We talked about all the young guys. We talked about all the veteran guys. There was another fullback on this roster, Keith oh, yeah. Byers. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, look, Keith was a very successful player in this league, very proud player, a player who was very confident in his own abilities. And he was definitely not a Jimmy guy. And Jimmy wasn't a Keith guy. We had Keith on this Ooh. show. He still feels Ooh, a way about me. Jimmy. And I said the wrong thing, <laughs> and he put me in my place. But uh, you immediately were thrust into the starting lineup. I think Keith was moved out to as, as a tight end so that yeah. both of you guys could be on the field at the same time. But what was that like for you? What was that relationship like? And look, Keith was only here for a few weeks. It just was a pressure cooker, and, and it was only a matter of time before things went the wrong way with him and Jimmy. And usually the boss wins in those situations, right? right. And so he, he was out of here. And there's a whole subplot there as well. But what was that relationship like with you as a young guy coming in here and a player like that having to have his position adjusted to make room for you? It was difficult because, like you said, I, I grew up watching Keith Byers play. He was one of the top fullbacks in the NFL, you know, um, and I was a guy I looked up to. And, um, you know, I, I really wanted to learn from him. And, you know, we, we we built a relationship. I don't know if he really liked me, but I, I, I was <laughs> – Tolerated you? I, I tried to be a good teammate. You know, I tried to – you know, I looked up to him and asked him questions. He helped me the best that he could, you know. Um, we all understood right. it was a business. It was a business decision. Like I said, I, I looked up to him, and I, I thought he was a great player. I just wanted to come in and do and do a job to do it to the best of my ability. And Pritch, when did you realize that you're going in to take a grown man, not make take his job, but you know that you were in competition with a grown ass man, been in the league a while, family and all that stuff? Because it took me a little yeah. while to realize the business part you just talked about, but realizing who you're dealing with within your position, it's a way different situation in in college. You know what I mean? It took me as soon as I got there. He had a family, he had kids, he had a wife. 
Um, I was like, whoa, man, I, I don't have nobody. I don't have no, no family, right. no, no kid. I have, you know, I my parents would come down, but I was still, you know, a single man. And um, like I say, I just wanted to do everything I could to, to look up to him and, yeah. and learn from him and just try to get better every day. And um, I thought we had a good relationship. You know, even when he left, we still, you know, continued to talk. And when I saw it, you know, when we played against each other, we, we would talk on the field. And so I, it, it was positive. That's what I was going to ask you. Was it awkward? Did he serve in a mentorship role? Did you feel like it was kind of projected on you? Or But it sounds like, no, that it was a, it was a no. Keith and Jimmy issue. And, yeah. and he still yeah. – so that's nice to hear. You yeah. know, yeah. typically that's what we hear or like to hear, that guys are looking out for each other. I know, Juice, you always talk about um, Scott Miller, who, yeah. who it was very clear that you were there – to, to replace him. And, um, but yet he was the guy who was the biggest influence uh, on you as a Absolutely, man. That, that guy, having that guy was incredible for me. You know, a lot of guys already kind of knew each other and Scott, like you said, man, was that guy that knew that I was there for one reason, one reason only, man, to take over a turn game and eventually work my way into the wide receiver position. And that's what Scott was doing at that point, you know? So, uh, yeah, grown men, man. Grown men, yeah. <laughs> and I think they're learning now. I think Wes Walker made a comment like that this weekend to one of the receivers, you know. And so, so he gets good. it, of course, because he's done the same thing and been through that whole gamut as in, in a career where you're a rookie and with no responsibilities to a veteran with a lot of responsibilities, you know. So, yeah, I get it for sure. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Well, you know, there was one guy, a vet on the squad, that's 100% safe, Prince, and uh, that was number 13. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, just a few years earlier, you know, I had the same experience being at huddle as a rookie, man. But I didn't really get on the field as early as you did, you know. And I know when I did get on the field and get in that huddle, it was nerve wracking as hell, man. Tell me, how was it when you first got in that huddle and you got this guy, probably if you played Madden with your, your apartment in college, you're in the huddle with Dan Marino, man. How was that, man? Because I know I was nervous as hell when I got in later in my career. Man, I was so nervous, man. I was like, man, this man been playing since 1983. <laughs> I was in the third grade. I was like, oh, my That's God. so crazy. Man, please don't let me let somebody hit him. <laughs> I was just trying to make sure nobody was able to hit him because I didn't want to get, you know, cussed out. But he he was great, man. Dan, Dan, I love Dan, man. And, um, you know, just to get in the huddle with him and catch a pass from him. And I still can talk about it to, you know, even to my players today. Oh, man, yeah. Do they know who he is? I've, I've been hearing this lately about how some guys don't know who some of these legends are. Like, I think, Seth, you were talking about JT had an incident. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when you had an incident about JT or something like that. And some of these young kids don't even know some of these greats. But Danny might be a little different because he's a quarterback and he's still yes. on commercials at times and stuff. A lot of them don't know the, the great quarterbacks. Um, yeah. They know I play in the NFL. They look it up, and they look it up on the you know, internet and YouTube and all that. But a lot of a lot yeah. of kids don't know who Dan Marino. Danny kind of supersedes football, but you're right. It, at some point, generationally, it just it, you know it yeah. starts to it starts to become history. And they're trying to study football, yeah. not history. These kids don't need no outcasts and get them all. And they're in Atlanta. Oh man! They, and then right there from the <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. Hey, hey, Prince, you have any like any stories you and Danny? You know what I mean? Anything that stands out about an incident? Because I know I've got a couple that I always talk about me cussing him out in Oakland and, you know, things like that. And him getting me knocked out against the Lions. Everything seems like it's bad against Danny. But, you know, <laughs> I got some good ones, too. I remember he took us out one night after the after my rookie year. We, we went out. Um, can't really tell you where we went. We went out to a club and we had a good time. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, um, you know we had just had a great time. And I was, like I said, I was in awe to be with Dan, you know, for him to take us out. I think Troy, Troy might have been with us, Troy Drayton. He was with us. So we just had a good time, man, and um, just being around him because you don't get, get a chance to hang with Dan too much. So when you get a chance to go out with him, yeah. That's what's up. 
Dan's still protecting the hands to protect him. Big that's it. Oh, yeah. That's oh, exactly yeah. right. What about in the huddle? Like, what, what's that like in the huddle with Dan Marino? I mean, Juice has told his perspective, but I, as a rookie, I just I just wonder that. I mean, he he has such a commanding presence everywhere he goes, but there's probably no place in the world that he felt more in charge than in a huddle, and, I, and I'm just wondering what that's like. Oh, yeah, yeah. He had a command of the huddle. He just, you know, he made sure that, you know, hey, man, preach, get that guy, make sure you get him, block him, make sure you get him. Don't let, don't let him hit me. <laughs> now, he was always encouraging, trying to you know, you know, get us to you know make plays and and you know try to get yeah, wins. Well, that's that's what he was about. So let's talk about that first game of the Patriots with your broken hand that I was not aware of. <laughs> um, but you know, your name actually just came up again recently in the press box for the Dolphins. So this past season, I don't know how much you watched with the Dolphins, but Jalen Waddle had a phenomenal rookie season. Uh, you know, the receiver out of Alabama, he came in here and, and was just a rock star. Uh, but in his first game, also against the Patriots, coincidentally, he had 63 yards receiving. And so the team's, what was the media relations department when I was there, it's now called the communications department. They shared this press release and, or, you know, the post-game notes, and they said that Waddle had registered the third highest receiving total by any Miami Dolphin in his first game. And, and that was cool. But what was really cool is that the highest total in team history still belongs to some fullback out of South Carolina. You had 77 yards <laughs> receiving really? in your first game. You don't even know that. I didn't even know that. He was too focused on his broken hand. <laughs> yeah. it was. So I was going to ask you what you remember, but you don't even remember you had 77 damn yards. I don't remember. That fullback position, Big Seth. It's that fullback position, man. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I caught a, I, I think I caught a, a vertical route. 52 yard. I yeah, still yeah. see you running. It was yeah. going to the baseball field, right? Yeah, I, I remember that. That's, But I, I don't remember having 77 yards. Well, maybe <laughs> one of the reasons. So that was a 52 yarder, and you got us all the way down to the goal line. But then you got hit on what should have been a touchdown, would have been a touchdown, but you got popped. And remember what happened? Yeah. I remember that. I fumbled it. Yes. <laughs> I think Scotty recovered. I think Scotty recovered. That's exactly right. Scotty Miller recovered it in the end zone. Yeah. So, yeah. So, to this day. I got cussed out for that, too. Did you? By whom? <laughs> Jimmy. Oh, did he? Yeah, he gave me he gave me the business. Oh, wow. Right there coming oh, off the sideline or, like, later in film? We have to fumble the ball no more. Oh, wow. Yeah, he didn't care that you scored. Yeah, he has, has an F-bomb in there, though. Yeah, he has an F-bomb. I bet there was. I bet there was. But, yeah, I mean, how about – that was 1996, man, and and no rookie yeah. has had more receiving yards since then. So, your name – your name is still living in the record books down here. Okay, that's, I didn't. I did not know that. Man. Yeah, I forgot all about it. Seven yards. That was that's pretty cool. Up. What was that like, though, to make? Uh, you know, uh, obviously you got your ass chewed out there uh, for fumbling, but to come in as a rookie, and I'm sure there were nerves, all these other things. You, you know, you said nervous as hell, and you're in the huddle with Dan, but then you walk out of there and you've made an immediate impact. What was that like? I really just wanted to have fun. You know, playing football. You know, you're getting paid. No, I never been paid before, so that was my, you know I get my first check. I just wanted to you know have fun. I just wanted to make an impact um, and and do the best that I could. Um, you know, damn, you know he gave me an opportunity to make some plays in the, in the passing game, and you know I just wanted to you know I just, that's what all I tried to do, just you know continue to do my best. Well, man, two weeks later, man, you're still trying to do your best, and you're at it again, bro. You know, it's like now it's week three, and we got the Jets, and I think I remember what I think it was the second quarter began, and like it was just awful. And we're driving in the score. Uh, we get down to two or something, but we can't get it in the end zone. And we go for it on fourth down. And Aaron Glenn jumps in front of – remember they jumped in front of Randall Hill? Yes. Pick that, picks it off, and takes it back 100 yes. yards. Gone. And then the I, next drive – remember that. Yeah, then the next drive, you know, they hit Webster Slaughter for a touchdown. And we're down 14 nothing in the second quarter like it's like it's nothing. 
when we get the ball back and on the first play from scrimmage, Danny hits you and you go for 74. Yeah. I mean, you're just a, just a home run hitter, man. I mean, that, bottom line is that that's why you didn't play. You told him you didn't play fullback, Prince. Fullbacks don't do that type of shit. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was a tight end at first, though. I always wanted right? to miss the ball. Um, well, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. But I remember um, they were playing man-to-man. They had a lot of linebacker on me, and um, it was like a pit route. And right up the sideline, right? I ran a pit right up the sideline, and, and, you know, Dan, he threw it to wait, me. Wait, 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 wait. It's a rub route when it's on offense. Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. It's a rub route, not a pick. There you go. There you go. Who who rubbed? Who rubbed, Juice? Might have been Juice. It's me. Juice. I might have been Juice. <laughs> it was me. I can't remember. Doing my job. Doing, yeah, my, doing job. my job. Yeah. Go back and watch yeah. it. <laughs> That's why he made sure it was a rub and not a pick. Yeah, That's why he was making definitely. sure to say <laughs> So what happened now? It was a rub route, and, and then um, what happened? I, I got the ball, and I ran across the field because I didn't want to lie. I said, man, I can't let this linebacker catch me. Right, I said, right. I just I ran I, I zoomed across the field, and I was like, man, I got to score, and I just took it on to the end zone. And I was like, man, I can't let him catch me, so I just that's right put my head back <laughs> that, and ran. I think that's every offensive player's worst fear. Oh yeah, handles oh, yeah. the balls, getting caught from behind, man, from with, behind with, man, with, with the whole world caught. watching. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, it didn't happen. I've got a, I've actually got a clip on YouTube. The only one they really showed me is getting run down by some dude from Arizona, punching it out from the back. And my oh. son and his friends look at it all the damn time. It's a, I, <laughs> Wait, what? That's the only thing they watch? That's the only thing they watch, man. Or one of his friends will send him, a, dirty, send him a video of it on his phone. And my, my son can't look that. And yeah, you know what I mean? Still, they're 14 and 20. It's well, still cracking up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, again, in the record books, and, you know, it's funny. If you didn't know, remember that you had 77 yards, at that point in time, that was the longest touchdown pass to a back in team history. Oh, really? Did you know I that? I didn't know that either. You know that? Yeah. So uh, eventually, I think in the Wildcat season, uh, Chad Pennington hit uh, Patrick Cobbs for an 80 yard. Okay. But that was in 2008. So it took from 96 to 2008 for a back to have a longer reception. But what was what was kind of funny, Juice, is a little uh, PR geek story. The Dolphins' all-time records, if you go back and look, they only list down to 75 yards. So they'll list it as a 90-something yard or whatever. So it's longest pass plays. And and there's 75-yarder from Greasy to Warfield, and then there's nothing below mm. that. So Pritch had 74 yards. So Harvey goes, well, just say it's the longest pass to a back. I'm like, well, what if it's not? Like, what if there was one or whatever? And, he, and he's like, and he turns to me. Now, again, my rookie season two, he said, it's right until someone proves us wrong. So nobody proved us wrong. No one was able to go in there and find one. But so that was the longest touchdown pass. Prince, you had all these records. You didn't even I didn't know, even it. know it, man. I was- I'm just That's a fullback, man. I'm just a fullback. <laughs> hey, you know, Steph, you know he's going to go to practice tomorrow and be like, you guys don't even know how many records I still hold for the Dolphins. You don't know That's how exactly much of a badass right. I was. <laughs> Look it up. Look it up. You need to do that, Coach. Oh, too funny. Well, speaking of fullbacks, let's shift gears here for a little bit and talk about the role of the fullback and what's kind of happened in the position over the years. Because we we also just had Rob Conrad in a couple okay. of weeks ago, which is interesting, right? Because you went through that. Tra- you know, we talked about Keith yeah. Myers, then you go through that transition. Yeah. They draft Rob, you know, and you're kind of the vet. Um, but, uh, you know, when you came into the league, fullbacks still played a critical role in the offense. They brought in Rob. He thought he was going to play a critical role in the offense. And then, again, both of you guys were, were ball carriers as much as you were fullbacks, and, and I know you were asked to do a lot of blocking, especially with, with Kareem, yeah. man. They wanted, to get, they wanted to get the ball down to the goal line, and Kareem had, I think, 14 yeah. touchdowns or yeah. something that year. So, so I know that meant that there were at least uh, 14 plays where 
you know, that was a little, you had to do your part oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. as well. But the role of the fullback has diminished significantly. Now they have a coach down here in Mike McDaniel who loves having a fullback. We've got a fullback on the roster and, and, and that's a big part of his offense. But what have you seen either from watching the pro game or even in your own coaching to what's happened to the fullback position? Well, the fullback position is kind of with a dime, you know, dime breed, you know, um, the last couple of years, you know, everybody was doing um, a lot of 10 personnel formations. But I think a couple of teams are bringing it fullback back. Like you say, Coach McDaniel, um, the 49ers are bringing it back. And he's coming from the 49ers organization. Right. There's a couple other teams I see that still run a fullback. But um, New England still runs a fullback, I think. So, you know, hopefully they can bring that position back. I thought it was always a key spot. They could, you know, catch, they could run, and also block. Man, I think it's so important. I think it's so important, Pitch, because, you know, when you got to get down and run that four-minute offense, when they throw some of these tight ends, these hybrid tight ends in the backfield to try to block, it's a hot mess, man. We need a real thumper that they know is coming – Linebacker on linebacker, like you guys had to do, man, which yeah. I can – that's why my ass went outside because I can never <laughs> imagine having to do that. When they know you're going to run it, or ISO right at somebody, and you got to ram them. You can't go around. You can't pick a side. You got to square them up. Man, the hell with that, big bitch. I, you a bad mm-hmm. man, bro. Hey, man. I, I remember my first game, I think we played Chicago. I know first preseason game we played Chicago, and I had to go against – um. what's my man? Erlach came, came from the Dolphins. Oh, oh um, Brian Cox. Brian Cox. Cox. Brian Cox. Yes. Brian yeah. Cox, man. He had me. T- he turned me. I was looking at Kareem. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we hit head on. I, and I, was, I, I was turning facing Kareem. And I remember I had to go to film the next day and, and you know, Kippy, man. Kippy was loud. And he he cussed uh, me out. He said, oh, This is why man. you come from a, you know, you're a small school. You can't block out. Oh man! Kicked me out, man, and I, I felt so bad, man. But um, you know, Brian was Brian was a load, man, and it, that was Jimmy's fault that Brian did that though, because Brian okay. was so mad at Jimmy at that Jimmy, point. Yeah, he he, was was, mad he at took Jimmy, it out right? on you. You damn he took right. It out on me, right? He took it out on me. <laughs> so man, I was like, man. Was, oh wow! Keep it say, welcome to the NFL, Ricky. He told oh, me. I, that was my welcome to the NFL moment. So um, that's the one, man. Yeah. That'll do it too, man. I've had to snot knocked out of me a few times, oh, so I, I feel you on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well Juice, I, real quick, I'm going to go off script, and I'm sorry about that. But you met, you know, we've mentioned Kareem a couple times. Talk about Kareem because yeah. he, he, you know, I, and I don't know if you guys stay in touch to this day, but just to me, he was a fascinating guy, man. He was, at least from what I saw, he was a quiet guy. He certainly, you know, his faith was very oh, important yeah. to him, and I know he had some issues in college from an injury perspective that probably shortened his career in the pros, but he was a talented, talented back. What, what are your memories of playing with Kareem and, and really being kind of that one, two punch. Kareem was a great guy, man. Like I say, he, he really helped me with my career. Um, as far as the, you know, he, the, he got me on the herbs, like the different herbs that we use to kind of pro- prolong your career. He also taught me some stretching techniques. He know how to take care of his body very well. He took right. care of his body very well. You know, he knew he had a lot of injuries in college, so um, he was always trying to do things to take care of his body. He taught me that those kind of things. He taught me, you know, the discipline of, you know, eating right, making sure you eat right. But he was just a great running back, man. I wish he could have, you know, played longer, man. Um, and we yeah. talked a couple of years ago. Um, I forgot, about maybe two years ago I talked to him. It was great catching up with him. And um, it, it's hard not being able to talk to some of your former teammates, you know. But, you know, as life goes on, you get older, you know, you get your own families and things happen. So, um, but. It's, it's, I mean, I'm always glad when I can catch up with guys and, and make sure, you know make sure guys are doing well. We got to get you back down here, yeah, man. No we, we do a great job, man. I mean, I'm telling you, Nat Moore and Erica, 
And uh, even Stu's involved now. We got to oh, get yeah. you back down here for some yeah, of our yeah. events, man. I haven't yeah. been to Miami since 2000, man. So I got definitely got to get back down. Yeah, man. Come back for Alumni Weekend, 2000. man. I'll reach out again. We'll do Alumni Weekend. It's awesome. They're going to be celebrating the 72 team all year long this year. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? But, it's man, we had, a, I don't know, almost 200 guys back last year or something really? like that. So, yeah, bro. So, it'd be great to have you back, bro. Oh, yeah. You got to get, get on down, that one, Chris. I always say I'm gonna get down, but you know, you coaching is it's hard to get down during the season, especially early in the season. But yeah, we'll catch you after the season after you win the state championship. Yeah, we'll. I have you say you can't say I'll be down, and 22 years later, I think you can say that. We're just not gonna believe <laughs> you. Know, right? Yeah, I'm definitely, so I'm definitely gonna come down, man. I, you know, Miami's a great city, man. I love, I love Miami. I, I hated it in the league. Um, we had a lot of fun. I, I remember going to Juice. I was playing basketball all the time on this court, man, and um, hanging out. You know, and just. A lot of a lot of good time. A lot of good time. All right, Fritz, man. We know he jumped on when it's late, man. And after football practice over there at Frederick Douglass High School. We're gonna get out of here, man. But first, you know, we've got this thing that we do on the fist tank, man. It's called a two-minute drill. Uh, you know how this works because you you were damn good in the two-minute drill for us in your whole life. So buckle up. Oh, he's a coach now, yeah, Juice. I know, I know. That's more that's gotta be bread and butter, man. Before the half oh, yeah. in the game, man. That's good stuff right there. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna rattle off some questions. You give us your fastest answer. You got two minutes on the clock. Does he have a timeout, Seth? Uh, I think you got to give him a timeout. He's a coach. We had Mike McDaniel in, and we Drew set him up for this, and he asked, okay, how many timeouts do I have? Where's the ball? Like, he wanted to know all the down-distance situation. He was okay. straight coach right. mode. So, you yeah, know, I think you got to give Fritz a timeout. You got a timeout then, Fritz. All right. All right, bet. All right, Big Seth, let's get it started. All right, here we go. Kind of talked about it earlier. You're an Atlanta guy. We're going to start with this one. Who did more for the Atlanta rap scene, Outcast or Ludacris? Outcast. Why? Because they they started they started for you know for Atlanta hip hop. Really, they they kind of set the tone for you know the culture and what you know the, the way the music would go. Yeah, he asked that question like, "You're clearly not from here, Seth. How the hell could you even?" Ask? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, these were right there. Right. All right. Uh, who was your childhood sports hero? Uh, Dominique Wilkins. Atlanta Hollywood. Ah, yeah. the human yeah. highlight reel. The human highlight reel, yes. I like it. I, like, I could I could get down with that one. What is more rewarding for Stanley Pritchett, scoring a touchdown or pancaking a linebacker so Kareem can score a touchdown? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I like to score a touchdown, you know. <laughs> I like to score yeah, a right, man. You're a team player, but damn, let me get mine, too. Yeah, <laughs> you got to throw fullbacks a bone every once in a while, too, man. Yeah, I need a ball one bone, man. Come on. <laughs> I think you talked about this a little bit. More nerve-wracking, catching that 52-yard rope from Dan Marino your first game or game-winning TD from Damon Hewitt in the come-from-behind win in 99. What's more nerve-wracking? I think that I think the Damon Hewitt in the New England game, I think that was no, oh, more yeah. nerve-wracking. It was like 10, 20 seconds left, I think. Oh, man. man, that's good stuff. No, we needed. We needed. You that. guys started to buy in. At what point did you start to buy in for Damon? Oh man, I love Damon. Man. He played good. You know, just you know, he was behind Dan Marino. So hey, that's you know, it. When he got yeah. an opportunity, he performed well. No doubt. So all right, craziest member of your 1996 rookie class? Anthony Harris. <laughs> nice. And with was uh, T Buck for his truck. We talked about it. Car for car. Car for car. car. All right, we got one more all juice. Right. Who's the toughest member of your rookie class? Oh man, Daryl Gardner might have been. He might. He was the biggest. 
He was definitely the biggest. All right. All right. One more question. Who's the toughest head coach, Jimmy Johnson or Stanley Pritchett? Oh, definitely Jimmy Johnson, man. <laughs> All right. There it is. <laughs> God Almighty. God Almighty. That's the two-minute drill. He is head coach, Stanley Pritchett, the nice head coach. He's more of a – he's a modern-day coach. It's a new era of head coaching. Yes. Hey, man, I, we know that you're probably going to go spend a couple more hours watching film and making yes. sure these players got their grades and all the other things that you do as a head coach because – a high school awesome head coach stuff, is a coach, man. he's a dad, he's a mentor. We respect the hell out of you for doing it this long, but we appreciate the hell out of you for, for diving into Fish Tank, man. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's good seeing you guys, man. It's been, it's been a while. Thanks for diving in, Pritch. You're now diving into the Fish Tank. Sitting down with Seth living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank, Okay, this one for them diehards Celebrate big or cry hard Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard Old school, a new school, mix it in Feeling like we up close when we listening Dolphins tales, in Miami is the deep end We vibing with our favorite players, no secret We get with Seth and McDuffie Bringing up stories we never heard to the public Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject You know it's all about them fans And if you ready for that water, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive in fish tank Aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth, time to dive up in that fish tank.